there's a lot of stereotypes when it comes to dealing with homelessness and what happens when you give people money to deal with some of those issues. And those are stereotypes and misperceptions that one UBC researcher has been working on, actually. And our Scott Schantz is with us this morning to talk more about that. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Simi. This is a really, really interesting story, and it's getting a lot of attention, uh, both locally, nationally, and even internationally. So a group of researchers at UBC have been looking into this, into like our bias towards uh, unhoused people and what actually can make a difference in the lives of unhoused people. And uh, essentially, I'll just give you the quick Coles Notes version. What they did is took a group of 50 unhoused people and gave each of them $7,500. That total is $375,000. So that's how much they spent on, on giving a group of unhoused people this money to see what they would do with it and how it would improve their quality of life. Now, before we tell you what sort of happened, they also surveyed a large group of people about what they thought these people would do with the money. 81% of people right away thought drugs, booze, alcohol, I don't know, like just basically are going to spend it on, you know, the things that have kept them in these unhoused um, sort of cycles. But that is not the case. In over 90% of the cases uh, that led to a dramatic reduction in being un in, in the unhoused lifestyle. So essentially people spent far less days unhoused, less days in shelters. They had money to uh, pay for security deposits, uh, you know, buy resources that they needed, clothing, food, all of those type of things. The same things that you and I would buy if we were, you know, sort of living check to check and needed to spend that money on those type of things. So it's really interesting how it kind of flies in the face. And f- some follow-up research has even sort of said that despite what the article has found, many of those people who thought that they would spend the money on alcohol and drugs still think that, even though the research has been done to say that this is not what they're going to spend it on. People still think, well, we're not going to give them money. That's the wrong answer when it feels, I mean, it's a small group, 50 people, $7,500 each, but like over 90%, it's pretty clear that like, this is what they would use the money for. So I talked to Rowan Burge. She's the provincial director of the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition. So she has like a vested interest in how these type of things go. And I asked her like, what, like, what is your takeaway from uh, a survey like this and how we sort of move forward and tackling the problem of uh, homelessness and unhoused people? Yeah, so, you know, I think it's a really telling piece that kind of tackles some of the, you know, anti-homelessness stigma that we see. Um, you know, one of the biggest barriers to housing for unhoused people is income. And so being able to provide people with the money so they can afford things like a damage deposit, for instance, like a phone so that they can call the landlord back, like all of these small barriers that exist for people who are sleeping outdoors, um, you can really tackle those barriers with a very easy methodology, and that's just cash. Um, Cash can really help people um, access uh, a safe place to stay. And so it's a really great, very simple um, approach, um, but a very effective one. And it's nice to see that reflected in the study. It sort of feels like um, this like universal truth, you know, it it sort of reminds me that, oh, we are all the same. Like, what do I need the most? What makes the most difference in my quality of life? Cash. And what would make the most difference in in unhoused people's quality of life? Cash. Why? Because we're all humans and we're all sort of struggling with the same thing. Some of us are just kind of better than others. 
Um, an interesting thing that I saw in the article was this note that mm-hmm. um, when people predicted what they would spend the money on, 81% of people assumed or predicted that the money would be used on alcohol, drugs, and tobacco. Um, why do you think it is that we're so quick to assume the worst about people who are unhoused? Yeah, unfortunately, I think, you know, for many, many years, it's been much more easy to sort of problematize or blame people experiencing homelessness rather than, you know, the social systems and supports that have failed to provide safe, adequate, affordable housing for people. Um, And I think, you know, with the cost of living increasing for many folks with the affordability crisis, with the pandemic, I think more and more people are starting to understand that housing is really expensive and not everybody is making enough to make that work. And so, you know, this idea that you can just really address the housing crisis issue by giving people the incomes that they need. You know, I think CERB was also a good example of like when people received CERB during the pandemic, the poverty rates went very far down, which is incredible. It's like such a basic premise. And yet, um, you know, I think that people are so used to being uh, sort of like putting the blame on individual people experiencing these problems rather than looking at the systemic social problems that exist sort of on a wider level that are actually the cause of these problems. Yeah, and maybe while we're on it, can you can you talk a little bit about some of those problems that you think exist on a wider level? Because it does feel like it's so easy for us to um, point fingers and to say like, oh, if we had this, if this did happen, then that we wouldn't have this issue with homelessness. Or if only our government did that thing, when really I think that oftentimes these issues are a lot more complicated than that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, I think one of the big issues across Canada right now is housing, affordable housing for people. Um, and one of the major, you know, sort of problems is that, you know, we've really focused on market housing and letting the market kind of determine the cost of things. And so affordable housing has become much less accessible to many people, many families, uh, many individuals across across the whole country. And part of that is because we haven't been building non-market affordable housing and social housing programs enough really over the past kind of several decades, the funding and investment into housing has gone down significantly into the public housing sphere. And now it has caused this problem where housing is much more difficult to come by. And so there's a few kind of basic, you know, basic sort of policy areas that we would suggest would really help support people. One would be build affordable housing. Um, Another would be things like providing a baseline of economic security for folks. So, you know, in British Columbia, the income and disability assistance rates are still well below the poverty line. So if you do find yourself needing support in terms of income, you're still only going to be making far below what you would actually need to sort of afford your basic needs. Um, But of course, all of these issues are interconnected. And um, I think it takes, you know, investment and a sort of systemic approach to tackle these problems that have been been happening and and continue to exist over long periods of time now. I found this article kind of like you said, very, um, uh, liberating, empowering. Uh, could you speak to like maybe like what uh, one of your takeaways is from a study like this? Yeah, one of the things that is really heartening and liberating about this study is that again, it reminds us that giving people the resources they need, giving people the agency in their lives to self-determine, you know, what they're going to do. If we trust people to to make good decisions for themselves, they oftentimes will. You know, people who are experiencing homelessness, people who are unhoused, are in fact people, and that's a really important thing to remember. And I think that you know we've done collectively as a society, a good job of dehumanizing people experiencing homelessness. And so I think remembering that we need to continue to humanize these people. These are people, individuals, humans who are in a bad situation where they can't afford 
housing or don't have access to housing and that we should, in fact, be caring for people and, and treating them as humans and giving them the agency that they need to to make these kind of good choices in their lives uh, for the better. If people are listening and they want to find out more or lend a hand or um, get involved, where could people start? Where's a good place to start or get more information about BC Poverty Reduction Coalition or other um, organizations that might um, might point them in the right direction here? Absolutely. Yeah. So the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition has a website. We're on social media. If you just search BC Poverty Reduction Coalition, uh, we'd love to yeah, get folks involved. And then also, you know, there's many organizations doing really good work all across BC and all across other provinces and territories and lands. So I, I would encourage people to get involved in your local community and, and connect with, you know, there's many, many service providers. There's food banks, there's shelters, there's like many other opportunities to get involved in your local community as well. So we really encourage people to do that. That's Rowan Burge. She's the provincial director of the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition. And I think that oftentimes, Simi, we look at these issues and we think, oh, it's so complicated. It's multifaceted and we're going to do this and it's not going to work and we're going to create sustainable housing and people are just going to trash it and blah, 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 blah. When really it's like, I think that they just need what everybody needs. Right. I'm so curious about this because you're right about people still wanting to believe the original thought. Right. Right. Because I, I'm, I'm, I got emails on that as you were talking about it. I was getting emails from people who say, yeah, I read about it, but I still don't fully believe it. What is that disconnect, do you think? Yeah, I think that it, we have this like... This will, unwillingness to forgive people for the fact that they let themselves get into a bad spot. You know, I didn't I didn't do that with what I was given. We all sort of started from at least here in, in the lower mainland. We all sort of started from a level playing field, or at least we think we do, whether or not that's true. And it's like, well, I didn't have to, you know, take mm-hmm. a handout and end up on the street. So why should you get a handout? And we focus on that instead of focusing on. Well, it will it will actually make my life better if these people are off the street. But we don't focus on that. We focus on the cause, you know, yeah. instead of like the end result, which I also find so, so hard to, you know, for people a, to accept. It's also about people who are reaching out for the help. Because if people are reaching out for the help and say that I want my life to change, then absolutely we need to help those people. Because if they've got that willingness to change their life, we should help them do that. I totally, I totally agree. And, you know, we do have resources to do this. And like so many of these things have pointed out, like it, it makes the, it makes the city a better place, right? It's, it's easier to go downtown and to play in parks and, and, you know, experience yeah. the culture of the city when we don't have these problems. It, it, but I do think that difference is, and, and what people are looking for is like, oh, why doesn't this work on a bigger scale? It's about, Helping the people who, when you ask them, do you want help? They say yes. Yeah. Because not everybody, you know, to be honest, not everyone is ready for that help. For sure. And, you know, a a system like this is not going to absolutely solve the problem. I get that. But I think that it is a bold and uh, a powerful step in the right direction. All right, Scott, thank you very much for that. Yeah. That is our Scott Chance. If you'd like to weigh in, simi at cknw.com.